Welcome to Peace and Resist. Welcome everyone to Peace and Resist, an activism podcast. We have your host today, Peyton in Louisiana. Hey, Peyton. Hey, Pedro. Great to see you today. Oh, it's great to see you too. I'm I'm so excited. I can't stop. You know, I'm so jumpy because we have a really great show. And Peyton, you said it. I'm Pedro here in Los Angeles. Also, Pedro, the fully vaccinated. And I'm really excited to talk to you about trans issues today. We have had some of our best conversations off the mic, off camera, off of recordings. And we're going to bring some of that to the show. And and we're going to talk about trans issues and we're going to learn about it. I'm excited to learn from you, Professor. Yeah, I'm so happy. (laughs) I feel like we've had some really great conversations about um, trans issues and, you know, gender identity as a whole. I can't wait to share that with people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you bring it. You really, you've really enlightened me because we kind of talked about how I perceive, I was able to understand and empathize through my own struggles with racial identity and conversations we had about that. And so I understood some of the things that you talked about through that. And so anyone who is non-trans can be an ally. Anyone who is non-trans should be an ally, needs to be. We need to speak up and fight because there are so many things happening right now and the world is changing in a way to where we need to be more inclusive so we can lift each other up and raise the quality of life. And so if you don't mind, I have some questions for you that I prepared. I'm ready. Okay. Professor Payton, there's, uh, we talked about the term cisgender in our profile of Dr. Rachel Levine. Can we play a little bit of like call and response with some definitions to kind of lay the ground here and set the stage? Sure, totally. Okay, so first off, like, can you just talk about what transgender means? Just what that term means? Totally, so I'm a transgender woman, which means that I was assigned male at birth. Um, Transgender men, are people that were assigned female at birth and these are contrasted i guess in a way by cisgender people which i think we've you know talked about that you identify as a cisgender person and i didn't know that right because you identify or you are were assigned male at birth and you identify as a boy yeah exactly and so that was you nailed it where i didn't know what it was we talked about it and you enlightened me to it to where i'd heard the term in shows and among people and i just i just didn't get it and i didn't have necessarily i didn't have a trans person in my life to ask and i didn't speak up enough to ask and so it makes sense these are this is the overview and so then the trans community is a part of the lgbtq plus community And that stands for LGBTQIA. Uh, Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual. Uh, What does queer mean? Yeah, so I think uh, let's talk about um, people that identify as genderqueer. Right before we started recording, we talked about a Welsh genderqueer person that was recently elected as mayor of a town there. Um, yeah, which very is cool. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And so, I don't want to speak on behalf of this person, but genderqueer people generally feel as though they either don't fit on the gender binary at all, or maybe they feel as though their gender is a little bit more fluid or a little bit more flexible. Um, oh. it, it really depends on the individual and what their I you know, what their relationship is with their gender. For example, this Welsh mare I read in that article it said that they identified as agender, which mm. means that they don't really identify with the gender. Um, which I think would imply that this person probably falls into that category of not falling on the spectrum at all, maybe. Um, mm. Or maybe they feel like they're okay. just dead in the center. And also, I've been using they, them pronouns for them because I don't want to, you know, as a genderqueer person, I'm going to assume that they don't want to use he or she pronouns and that they would prefer they. Um, which is not the case for all genderqueer people, but I think in general, they, uh, gender neutral they is a great alternative if you don't know someone's pronouns. Gotcha. So you hit a couple things there that I want to go through. The pronouns, I definitely want to ask about that. You mentioned a gender. So for LGBTQIA, the A, I think, is asexual. And so is that a gender? Right. Is that the same thing? Asexual is a little different. So asexual people also may identify as aromantic people. Um, asexual people, hmm. you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of them, but, um, yeah. you know, my general understanding is that asexual people don't feel sexual attraction to people. And aromantic people don't feel like a romantic attraction to people. It, oh. it may just be a sexual so, okay, so you also talked about the pronouns, right? And so with the pronouns, that's come up where on Twitter profiles and things like that, in the Twitterverse, you see people putting up he, him, uh, she, her, they, them, you know, and so it now is making more sense. That is tied to how they identify as potentially queer or, um, or transgender or gender fluid, and that's why people would use the they them pronoun is because they identify as gender fluid is that is that correct at least at least some of the people i think um i think when we're thinking about people's identities and expressions we should we should think of them obviously as a whole but you know they are kind of different still like okay so a great example is a transgender person that is unable to transition maybe because they're too young or they're not in a uh, affirming household mm -hmm. they you know on the inside would identify their gender identity would be you know you know for example me i was i felt like a girl on the inside i, I thought i was a woman um, mm -hmm. and on the outside i was expressing more masculine because at the time I wasn't able or you know maybe even scared to express femininely in synchronicity and ah uh, right 
connecting what you felt and, with with who you represented yourself as right that? right when when you're able to identify both of those things you usually you feel affirmed and when you can't connect those things you know you might feel less affirmed um, yeah. but my point being that like these things are kind of different so people's pronouns for example might not always align with how you perceive them or you know Okay. You know, what you think immediately when you hear their name or something, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, this, this is true for people that, you know, just have, you know, men that just have names that are, you know, traditionally feminine. Um, but it also means that, you know, you might assume a trans woman wants to be called she, but maybe she actually wants to be called they, you know? Right. Uh, it's all preference and it's all about our our individual expression and our individual identity and I think we all feel gender in a different way and we all express it in a different way and you yeah. know maybe we we try to fit that into the binary and try to make it one thing but I think in reality we all are just kind of living our own lives <laughs> yeah it's it's more ambiguous at times absolutely yeah. and not but I think, not I hope that answers to the society, question. ambiguous to society, but not to yourself. Absolutely. Necessarily. Yeah. And and it did. It did answer it because you, towards the end, one word was ringing in my mind and I was about to say the individualism, the individuality of this. And that is about empathy. It's about talking to each trans person in your community around you, befriending the people around you and learning what is what they're into. And so let me uh, let me ask you this. So as an ally of the LGBTQ community, but not a member of it, you know, I do want to ask, how did the trans community align directly with the gay rights movement? Um, is that a recent kind of uh, tying together? No, actually. Um... For me, because the reason I ask is, uh, you know, when we first talked before we did the show, I, I just said to you straight up, like, I don't get what the big deal is. Women are women. Trans women are women. That's it. It shouldn't be more complicated than that. Trans men are men, right? And men are men. Like, so there you go, right? And it's... So... So for me, I, I was just curious about, you know, how that started. Because if a trans woman is dating a trans man, that's just like a normal man and woman dating to me, you know? It's not more complicated than that. So I wonder, because of that, it doesn't necessarily equate, in my mind, of homosexuality and a trans relationship. You know, it's not, those aren't equal to me, gotcha. if that makes sense. So, so this is more, this is actually really great. I wanted to talk about this earlier, actually. Um, cool. So I think a really interesting way to answer this question, and you might need to re-ask the question, but like, yeah. Lately, I've been feeling... So today I saw a Pride thing, because Pride's coming up, and I mm, realized cool. that I don't resonate with the gay Pride flag as much anymore. Hmm. And it's because I'm like, I don't really identify with the gay movement as much. Now, I identify more with the trans movement, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. so now it just doesn't resonate with me as much. Um, but I, I say that to say, like, they are definitely 
different things. So, like, you know, we talked about car the compartmentalization of, like, gender identity versus gender expression. You know, another box might also be your, like, you know, who you're romantically interested in, whether that be, you know, masculine people or feminine people or all people or, you know, some section of the spectrum, um, mm. whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. So it, that, that's just a different compartment. Um, and it, it, you know, we have the LGBTQ plus kind of acronym that puts us all into the same community, which is why we all celebrate pride together. Um, our movements have been you know, obviously very connected for history. I mm -hmm. mean, the, per, the the black trans woman that started Pride, Marsha P. Johnson, is, you know, a black trans woman that started Pride. Um, Marsha P. We're, just, we're a very connected movement, of course, but there's definitely, it's not the exact same. I, I, I know people often think because we're connected to, like, um, Kind of sexual orientation that being trans is some kind of like sex thing um it's some kind of fetish of some kind and it's not it, it's it, yeah. it's just an identity um sex is a different part you know and right. you know being trans doesn't necessarily mean i have any sexual orientation either which way it you know, it is one part, and then my sexual orientation is a different part. Yeah, like for me, I just I see transness in people as a part of their identity. You know, I appreciate you breaking that down because, uh, yeah, it's just it requires a little bit of learning for people who are who don't have trans people in their life who um, haven't asked these questions or haven't had the opportunity to learn about it in natural ways. And so, yeah, appreciate you breaking that down, Peyton. So, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, assigned at birth. You talked about that term, and that's something that um, was a little unfamiliar to me. And there's a lot of terminology we need to update, upgrade. The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act has an entire section, I think it's like section 11, that's devoted to updating technical language in the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Because even in our Voting Ra Rights Act of 1965, there's outdated language that needs to be updated. You know, even in that wonderful document, you know? With terminology that we need to learn about, upgrade, enhance, all that, you know, can you explain a little bit about assigned male, female at birth, uh, just a little more? Absolutely, yeah. So I think what people may be more familiar with is something more like biologically male or biologically female. Um, I heard this a lot in these anti-trans bill hearings in the state legislature here in Louisiana. Um, but it's, it's, it's not a correct term because biological sex is so much more complex than just what's between your legs, which is what, mm -hmm. the, which is the only thing that doctors use when determining the sex, even though there are multiple chromosomes that determine sex. It is not black and white as so we think, or so doctors treat it as. 
and therefore biological, you know, the, t the terms biologically male and or biologically female, they're just not like completely accurate. Um, and they're also really degrading. I mean, but now we use the term assigned, you know, assigned sex at birth or sex assigned at birth. Um, like I said, I was assigned male at birth because it's true when, you know, when I was born, the doctor looked at me and assigned me male at birth. Um, and that is what the doctor put on the birth certificate. And, you know, that is because, what happened. Until... Because the medical profession has that binary thinking. Like you said, that is right. outdated. Hmm. Right, exactly. And, you know, maybe, you know, hopefully in the near future or, you know, hopefully in the future we're able to move away from that and maybe our terminology will evolve even further. You know, that would be lovely. But as of now, you know, that is where we're at. Terminology. Gotcha. Wise. Well, and as you explain it, it makes sense. I'll just leave it there. That, that was great. Um, so allies are imperfect at times, and we have to constantly compromise to get through this, you know, our lives, right? Most people have to compromise at some level to, to make their way. I really personally like the ideas of John Locke and a little bit of Thomas Hobbes with social contract theory. The idea that we have to sacrifice some liberties and freedoms in order to get certain things. I can't walk into a store and take everything I want. And in exchange, we have a, a system of government and things that create protections and, and traffic laws and different things in exchange for me giving up the liberty to just walk into stores and take anything I want. You know, examples like that. So I like that kind of thinking. So I see in that, I can see how society can evolve through that prism. And society can evolve through compromise and understanding. And for that, do you believe the normalizing of transness can happen more at this point? Is, is it possible there could be a national flip switch situation where more people are awakened to supporting and allying with the trans community? Or is it going to continue to be a process driven effort like, like most activism, all activism really is? I think. So I think this is a two-sided question, um, and feel free to only use one if you decide to use that, but uh, yeah. I would say first of all, I would say absolutely, because when, you know, statistically we know that people will be more supportive of trans rights if they know a trans person. Um, and it's it not just like no, like they met a trans person one time, but like it's a friend or a family member or, you know, yeah. someone that they, I would say like genuinely know to a degree. Um, and that's yeah. all about empathy, of course. So I think as more people are more comfortable to come out, you know, mm -hmm. as, as, uh, it is just more accepted in general. Uh, more people will come out and therefore more people will know trans people and therefore more people will be empathetic to trans people and uh, also you know like yep. uh, you know the trans people are already there they're not becoming trans overnight um, they're just being able to present themselves like we talked about you know they're able to express themselves like they identify as and also 
maybe they didn't know how they identified. You know, like for example, when I was younger, I didn't know that trans people were a thing at all. So my brain didn't even think that that was a possibility. And then yeah. it eventually was presented to me. So I realized, oh, this is a possibility. And I think it's a possibility I would like to explore, you know? Um, yeah. So I think just knowing that it's a possibility allows people to explore the possibility. Um, and I would also say, you know, to a second point that um, right now, trans people seem to just be one of the many targets that that conservatives use to kind of throw a smokescreen up and distract yep. their constituents. Absolutely. 100% on this. Conservatives are doing in yep. the state capitals and in the, you know, con federal congress and whatnot. It's the concept um, of the other. Yeah. Right, I think yesterday I spent five to six hours in a committee room to hear mm. a bill that was called the Fairness in Women's Sports Act when the fairness it was extending was to ban trans women from participating in women's sports based only on their genitalia, basically. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's disgusting. And yeah. It, like, we know, I mean, our opposition is, the bill was defeated once because we have a great opposition. Almost all of the national um, regulatory organizations have ways for trans people to participate in sports fairly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like, they understand that people are different and sports are not just like black and white and all these things. and. You know whatever but conservatives they if they don't have something to talk about and smokescreen about you know if it's not trans people then it's uh, you know undocumented immigrants and if it's not that yep. then it's like abortion or it's not that then it's like drug dealers or you know it's like it's it's something exactly. um and i think that trans people tend to be you know because a lot of people don't have empathy or a lot of people haven't found a way to empathize with trans people very much. Yeah. Yet they, you know, are able to be told trans people are the big bad wolf that are just trying to yep. turn into girls to play against women in sports. Like, who is doing that? I don't even know. It's yeah, like, that's, it's that's just not a, a thing. crazy idea. I it's mean, just the, not people, a thing. the people speaking in. <laughs> in favor of the bill were like, so I could just go play against women? It's like, why would you? No. <laughs> Do you want to go play against women? No, yeah. you're not Strong a trans arguments. woman. It's not you. It's not, yeah. you don't even know what a trans woman is. How are you making this argument? Um, yeah. It's both of those things for sure. Maybe some more, but both, uh, both of those things are playing a part in like okay. trans people. Like, I think people are empathizing with us more, but mm -hmm. you know, Conservatives are also fighting, but I do think our education is winning. I mean, I think the fact that here in Louisiana, we were able to kill three out of four anti-trans bills in committee. It's phenomenal. Is a great representation of that. And it's purely because we've had trans people in that Capitol building for a decade at least. Um, 
you know long time organizing it works exactly we've been in the building we've been educating these people know a trans person that are voting yeah. on you know like we've done the right things and um other states have also been doing similar things but i don't know if any have been doing it as long as we have um and yeah. you know we've seen that you know play a role in maybe some of their losses um not to say that that's only th the only thing i mean elections happen new people come in um we're all getting hyper radicalized left and right you know yes yeah. a ton of other factors you know they're great advocates doing their jobs to the best of their ability but it's it doesn't mean the fight is fair or easy or fun first professor uh that, that was illuminating and so one thing you hit on with how they just throw uh transness out there as something to be afraid of the fear-mongering the fear-mongering is constant you said it if it's not trans people it is mexicans and latin americans and south americans coming in a caravan or the fear-mongering it reminds me of fire and brimstone religion it reminds me of you know fear hell and it's like but there's enough stuff on earth can't we work on that you know and you know, so i have a great story about that actually yeah. yesterday in the committee one of the people speaking in opposition they made the comment that pathway to hell is laid with good intentions and a representative stopped that person outside of the door in the hallway to be like so you think i'm going to hell and like Ooh. it was Ooh. it was like that so Ooh. dang give us that give us those local stories give us that louisiana politics come on it was like that i love it fire and brimstone is here <laughs> yeah oh it, it never left exactly you know and that's but it works with conservatives it's that fear monger, it's that it's that fakeness that straw man argument those logical fallacies ad hominem politics is one of my least favorite things and it's all over the place and always will be where it's attacking the man is the actual translation and it's where you stop debating the argument and you just attack the person so ad hominem politics straw man arguments you know it's all that we're seeing the othering it terrifies conservative america without any proof or evidence and so i love what you talked about with empathy with lawmakers with how long you have been fighting and your peers have been fighting and your community has been fighting for trans rights 10 years in the halls and now the legislators know you and they and that pulls on their heartstrings like it would anyone like dick cheney suddenly supported gay rights one of the hardline extreme and why because his daughter happened to be gay and he knew a gay person and so exactly. you know peyton i want to ask you what are some phrases or ideas still in our lexicon and culture that do more harm than good for the trans community and we don't have to say the word exactly but a great one people me i think people say this meaning completely 100 percent well but they ask what is your preferred pronoun? It mm. is not our preferred pronouns. We do not prefer this. It is not a choice. My oh. pronoun is... What are your pronouns is a better way to ask the question. Or even if you don't want to be kind of so direct maybe, um, a really easy way to ask for someone's pronouns are to offer yours, you know, say, hello, my name is, you know, Peyton, 
I go by she, her pronouns. What are yours? What's your name? Hmm. You know, like, yeah, it, 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 that's, I guess, very empathetic instead of being like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But, but if you want to know, that's the way. Right. And, and, yeah. and I think, like you said, like some people might say preferred pronouns with great intentions. Um, the road I'm to hell to is paved with great intentions. <laughs> Exactly, literally. <laughs> uh, uh, but but that mm, makes sense. So that's a big one for sure. Yeah. Like, well, you know else? what? We we have hopes. We have intentions of doing potentially. Uh, if if we want to call this trans one hundred and one, maybe we can do trans two hundred and one in the future. Right. Uh, bring on more. Uh, bring include more trans people, more allies, and just have a, a broader discussion. Well, not a broader, but a, a discussion with more. Uh, experiences from other people and uh so that's that's really interesting you say that because it's just something so subtle that that i could be doing that allies could be doing and and you don't realize the power of the words and it's i think preferred mm. pronouns is also kind of an othering thing mm. it's like you don't ask cis people what their preferred pronouns are. You just assume yeah. that their pronouns yeah. are whatever they, you know, look like or whatever. And, you know, yeah. it's whatever. It's, 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 it's definitely an other thing. Um, I, also, very quickly, I would say, like, you don't have to denote trans people as trans people. Like, you know someone's out and that's fine. And, you know, I'm so happy that they trusted you with that information. But if you meet someone with that person, you don't need to be like, hey, that person's yeah. trans before you meet yeah. them. Like, they can let that, let the trans person <laughs> share with other people that they're trans. I think you know, that's I'm... your, the best case scenario. Unless the trans person yeah. asks you to introduce them or, you know, whatever, maybe check if someone's cool, um, you know, stuff like that. But in general, yeah. don't out trans people just because you know that they're trans. It's not cool. Awesome. Professor Payton, what can allies like me do to help further the cause, to help further trans awareness and, and support the community? So I have a great story of an ally and I'll tell it as a way for people to, you know, build their allyship around. Cool. Um, I spent the capital with my partner, which is trans and um, a, a cis person, an ally, for yeah. five to six hours in a committee room, mm. and, you know, until our hearing, our bill was up, and, yeah. you know, she spoke, you know, in opposition to the bill with us, and, you uh. know, but point being, she's a great ally, and when we lost, uh, sorry, yeah. um, Oh, when good. we lost, she was just as angry as we were. Mm. Like, she she was there with us. It, it, she was there 100% with us. It wasn't like this was just her job, you know, which it was, technically. Um, it, it wasn't just like... It, it wasn't it, it wasn't performative. It was real. She was emotionally invested in her allyship. Um... And then, you know, afterward, we went have a nice uh, lunch, maybe a few mm. cocktails, um, and very cool for the day. My point being, if you want to make, if you want to be a great ally, you know, lean into your emotions with it. 
Um, I know that's really hard to say, but like, or hard to apply just for fun, but like, yeah. you know, stay informed. Um, mm. If you're not being made laws about in your state legislator, it might be really easy to not have to keep up with those things. Um, right. Or know I'm in how California. To with the process. Yeah, I'm in yeah. California. It's easy to just relax in this democratic stronghold and just kick back and you know and not think about the other states, the other the states that are dealing with what you're talking about. Right, but but we need people you know that are informed and are willing to send an email to their representatives, a call their representative, uh, anything, you know. It does take, you know, an amount of emotional energy to call somebody and be like, even if you get their voicemail, to be like, my name is this, and this is where I live, and I don't think you should be doing this because blah 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 blah, and I yeah. oppose this bill. like. To even if you're reading a script, it takes some kind of energy out of you. So like, mm -hmm. time and know, energy for sure. If there's some disconnect, then you know, find a way to remove the disconnect. Connect, connect yeah. with people. And it's okay if you're not perfect. Like we get yeah. it. Right I think here. that's this guy. Right. Like, <laughs> I feel like we should be screaming that from the rooftops as well. Like, if you're trying to be respectful and you're trying your best. I think the general communities will be happy to, you know, work with that to a degree, you know, it's like, yeah. we, we, absolutely, yeah. Mm. So I have really, I seriously have enjoyed uh, hearing you break this down, hearing you share what's on your heart, what's in your mind, what you've, what you've lived, what your peers have lived, what you've seen in the community, you know, and so just thank you. Uh, I have just two quick questions to close up. Number one, who are some trans icons or who are some organizations you want to promote that others can can go learn about or support or volunteer with or whatever? Absolutely. I would say if you're a trans person or, you know, you're, you're trying to find information for someone that might be trans or gender nonconforming, then some great organizations are um, the Trevor Project. They have great support. Yeah, they're, I've checked that guides. website out. Yes, and they also have suicide hotlines and whatnot yeah. for trans and um, you know LGBTQ youth and people. Um, there's also, of course, like Glad and uh, of course, long timers. HRC is fantastic. Other large organizations. Um, yeah. But I would say, you know, find your state organization. Find, you know, for example, in Louisiana, find Louisiana Trans Advocates. You know, find, find yes. people that are doing the work where you're from. You might even have, depending on where you live, you might even have like a city organization, um, yeah. you know, but like support your local advocates because they're the ones that have their feet on the ground and they might have national money or national support like you know louisiana trans advocates does for example we're part of the equality federation which you're familiar with um, yeah of course so we, ha we have national support um cool but you know yeah. like 
I, I'm not saying the Sanaki and the National Orcs, but none of those people were on the grounds in the state legislatures. Were they on the phones at some points? Yes. Were, were you know, did they give us, you know, help with messaging and whatnot? Yes. But we were the ones in the building, we were the ones making the statements. And I think that's probably very similar in Texas and, you know, all of these other states. I I say Texas because I'm there, where they're having also terrible stuff. I mean, but like, um, you know, it's like all of these states have the the organizations that are local or statewide are going to be the people that have their feet on the ground. So that's where you need to donate. That's where you Mm -hmm. need to volunteer. You know, that's where you need to, you know, support in general because they need it the most. Awesome. So, so much. So latransadvocates.org, if I'm not mistaken, is that where uh, anyone can find the Louisiana um, incredible trans rights organization that is building and growing and i think that org is going to be a juggernaut in no time uh seriously i've i've you know that i've filled out several uh, activism pages on my site i've reviewed a lot of organizations and posted a lot of orgs for a lot of different causes groups reasons and so i learned a lot about these groups the trevor project uh, more about hrc uh, the equality federation um, and of course la trans advocates so another thing local groups uh, i've mentioned this i think before in an interview that i did uh psych first aid i have my psych first aid certification for psychological first aid it's where after a disaster you can go as a volunteer and talk to people and and just check on them follow up with them a week later and guide them to therapy or counseling if it's needed things like that and so uh and so in that they talk about how for disaster preparedness from a mental health standpoint, it's so, and this could be applied to so many things, it's so important to build locally. If you have outside groups come in, they're not gonna understand the formulas, the groundwork, the way the neighborhoods work, um, what's already in place and what toes they're stepping on, um, how they won't spend effectively, and money could be completely wasted. You nailed it. So it's just incredible what you and others are doing when you talk about working in the courthouse and your ally is there just fighting with you and feeling it every every moment with you you know it inspires me it makes me want to just just keep fighting too and so thank you for sharing all this yeah we were in the state capital but yes allies are imperfect (laughs) (laughs) you know and so uh professor payton how would you like to close this awesome just info session that you provided. How would you like to close, uh, I guess, Trans 101, if, if we want to call it that? Thank you to you, Pedro, for, you know, giving us this time, uh, you know, scheduling and preparing and planning and doing the work to ensure that this time happened and that this episode comes up. And also, like, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening yeah second that and learning and you know being interested or hating whatever (laughs) Um, haters gonna hate we'll do our thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no it's just like i'm really grateful for your time and energy and i hope you learn something i really did yeah you know i have you really know it because a lot of we talked about new ground here we covered new areas we also went over some things that i had learned before and got to you know got to bolster that down and i'm going to keep being a better ally and i'm going to keep working towards it 
and I'm going to keep, uh, you know, speaking up for you. So, Peyton, where can they find you? Where can they, uh, where can people find you out here in this, uh, in this wild world? <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. My at handle is PeytonRose22. And you can also follow me on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash DSCC. Which awesome. Hopefully, Kajer has spelled somewhere in the description <laughs> for you. I'm excited to uh, to go over this and edit this episode. There was so much good stuff, and uh, so yeah, you know, please follow the show at the Resist Pod. Of course, you can follow me at Voting Info HQ on Twitter, and you know, just again, Peyton, you said it to everyone who who checked this out. To everyone still with us, thank you, Peyton. Thank you. Just thank you, really, for for sharing everything and for for teaching me a little bit, and hopefully teaching everyone listening. Yeah, of course. I, I really appreciate the time and opportunity, and I enjoy spending this time with you and everyone else. Um, so practice your peace. And thank you for listening. And keep on resisting.